things just don't matter as much whenever you're just in the presence of God. Matter of fact, they don't matter at all. And so I just love to get in God's presence because, and, and everything that happens in our life, everything that happens in this church, I, I, I go to God always and I say, God, if you're not part of it, I don't want to be a part of it. If you're not in it, I don't want to do it. I'm not here just to have church, just, just, just to do things, just to, to look busy. And I want God to be a part of it or I don't want to have nothing to do with it. If, people, if God's not going to be exalted and people's lives changed, then it's not, worth, it's not worth it. We had such a wonderful time yesterday at the A Street Center uh, book bag giveaway. Man, we had about 13 people or 14 people show up. Um, and we just went out there and we cooked and served and all that kind of stuff. There was a whole um, New Beginnings Church was, was out there kind of uh, heading it up with Pastor Campbell. And he's such an amazing pastor. And we were working with Boots on the Ground, which is led by Pastor Jameson. Um, from um, Hope Baptist Church and uh, we go out there once a month on the first Saturday of every month but this was a, a, a big event so we wanted to join with that and um, there's going to be another big we're going to have an, uh, another event on the first, sep- first, um, first uh, Saturday of September but, um, and then in October we're going to have a really big event over there at Creekwood out on that front little area out front that big grassy area and do kind of do the same thing it's going to be an amazing time. We just, I just love outreach. I love serving our community and loving on them and taking care of them. You can go on a Facebook page and see what happened. And, and just, just keep, keep going just a second. I'm about to, about to do a scripture. But when I ramble like this, I always tell them, if I'm rambling, just go ahead and leave the stage. So, <laughs> but but uh, two, two other quick things. I just want to reiterate the woman's conference. It's going to be at Elevation, Holly Furtick, which is Steve Furtick's wife. She's going to be um, I'm, I'm leading that ladies' conference. It's a one-day thing. Y'all go down there and spend the night, uh, and, and it'll be a great time for you ladies. It's $50. That includes your, your conference and your your, uh, your, your lodging, all you got to do is just food and, and figure out travel amongst yourselves and stuff like that. So please think about that. Um, and and um, this week and next week, you can sign up there at, the, uh, at guest services. But today, I got, I got a heavy message on my heart. Uh, ne- next week, before I forget, next week we're going to have communion. So please come back next week. I was going to do it today, but I, just didn't, I think it's going to fit better next week. And so please come next week, and we're going to share communion together, um, the Lord's Supper. The meal that heals. Amen. Today, I want to uh, talk to you about forgive. I don't want to. Okay. Because you know how many people say, well, forgive, I don't want to. You know, I mean, I have many times in my life looked at my friends and said, and why should I forgive them? Whenever I was younger, especially as a young adult, all the time I would say that. I mean, and I say that to a lot of people. Um, many times, you know, whenever I was young, because I just didn't understand the, the concept of forgiveness. I didn't understand what it was about. And I would say, why should I forgive them? Do you understand what they did to me, whatever? You know, and I even said that as an adult at times when I got a little fleshy, you know, and, and got out of my spirit man and got in my carnal man, you know, because that's what we do. We, we're all human. You have to, you know. I, 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 we're, not, we're not all, all that in a bag of chips where we, we're just all high and mighty and we just walk around in this, this ecstasy of Christ and we just all the time do all the right things, right? Sometimes we get, we get our carnal man rises up and we feel that way. Bless them, Lord. Whoever the, whatever that situation is, just bless them, Lord. Ephesians 1 and 7. So he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He's so rich in kindness and so rich in grace that he purchased our freedom. He bought our freedom with the blood of of his son and forgave our sins last week we talked I had a powerful message if you didn't see it please look online about I surrender all 
And we talked about surrendering and how powerful that was. And what a wonderful time. And matter of fact, I got a quick testimony. Can, can you cut this one here on, I guess? Test. You want to, can you come up here and just give a quick test, just, just a short version of what happened last week when you were testing? Okay. When you were, she, she was down here at the altar surrendering all as we talked about and we were praying for God to help her for whatever she needed and, and while she was in the altar her brother was having a PET scan done at the same time and here's what the result was of, of her surrendering all and giving it to God and we're just trusting God that he did that I never heard of a PET scan didn't know what it was but when he said surrender it all I know I'm one of those people that tries to help everybody I try to take it upon myself I surrendered my brother to God. I said, God, he's having a PET scan right now as I'm standing here. When that machine or whatever it is they do crosses his lungs, let it be clear. When it crosses his liver, let it be clear. When it crosses his pancreas, my will is to let it be clear, but I want your will to be done. We got the results Monday, which we weren't supposed to get till Tuesday. He has no cancer in his lungs. He has no cancer in his liver. He has no stage four pancreatic cancer. It's stage three. And they're sending all his paperwork to a surgeon to see if he is a candidate to get the tumor removed completely from his pancreas. Praise God. He has one more chemo. Amen, amen. Amen. Went from stage four to stage three, and she said, the doctor said, that don't normally happen. And he said, the doctor told her, that was, this is a miracle. The doctor said, this is a miracle. See, when we take our hands off stuff and say, God, I surrender all. I give it to you. You got to handle this. God can do things that we can't. She wants to fix it. She, she, can't, she can't heal cancer. But she, she was holding on to it, saying, I got to do, what can I do? I got to do something. And we just got to let loose and let God and allow God to do it. And so there's something else today that we got to do, is we got to learn to forgive. Well, Pastor Doug, you haven't you preached on forgiveness before? Yes, I have, and I'm going to continue to. Because it's that secret sin that people hold on to. It's that thing that's so secret that you hold on to it, and you push it away, and you even forget you have it. Until that name is brought up. Until that situation is brought up. Until that memory is brought up. And then all of a sudden, you, you, like I said last week, you get that little twitch in your neck. You're like, oh, I thought I'd let go of that. And so that, just we as Christians, that, that's what happens. And we got, we got to figure this out because we live in a fallen world and, and this world is full of offense. And the words and actions of others really bother us and, and it hurts us to the core. Neglect, abuse, abuse, betrayal, all these things that, that happen to us comes and it, it makes us begin to harbor bitterness and unforgiveness. You know, and... and unforgiveness, an unforgiving offense, when we have an offense, it's kind of like an a, a arrow that's got poison on the end of it, and I can shoot you with an arrow, and, I, and then it's going it's to pierce you, and I can pull that arrow out. I can take you to the doctor and get you sewed up, and that's, that, that little place will heal and won't look like there's nothing much there at all, but that poison is going to stay in your body until you get it out. And when we have that offense, then it affects us. If we don't go ahead and, and, and get that poison out, of, of unforgiveness and offense and bitterness, then it's going to affect us in a negative way, and it can kill us spiritually. Um, and and we, we got to understand that, that when we have unforgiveness in our heart, it, it taints and messes with our mind, our thoughts, even our actions. You can be so eat up with that that it just controls your life. 
And it just overcomes you. It can paralyze your ability to live and your ability to love. And when you lose those two things, the ability to do those two things, you, it's, you can't even be a Christian no more. I mentioned it last week, and I, I kind of spoiled it last week when I said it, but it was just the time was right when I said it. But unforgiveness, I, I always say, as I tell you all, that it's like drinking poison yourself and then expecting somebody else to die from it. But I just heard this great analogy that it was like, that, that it's like setting yourself on fire and expecting your, your enemy to die from smoke inhalation. Okay? You're burning up. And they may have a little repercussion from it. They may be a little upset about it. They may, and most of the time, they don't even care that you don't like them. Because they didn't like you in the first place. That's why you had the offense, right? But the thing is, you have to let it go because you're sitting here burning up on fire. You're burning the flame of sin. You're burning with the flame of, of, of bitterness and, and anger and rage. And you want them just to keep sniffing, sniffing your smoke. Proverbs 18 and 19. An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified, a fortified city. A fortified city is a city you know, with solid brick walls around it or stone walls. So what's it saying? An offended friend is harder to win back than a city with walls all the way around it. And arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. You know how you can have your best bud and y'all have a drop-down, drag-out, horrible conversation, and all of a sudden, they're gone. They, they, they're, just, they're locked the bars, Katie. They, 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 they're gone. See, offense is offense when we get offended. That's the first step of, of, of unforgiveness. And offense is a bait that the enemy uses to try to lure us into, into bondage. See, when we become offended, we become unyielding and unmovable and, and un, 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 unmoldable. And we have like a, we, we build, you know, you have like I talked about city, a city with walls around it. We build walls around our hearts. And we put up these walls and, and these fences and we don't want to let nobody in. But see, the thing is, is, is a, city, a city with walls around it is built to keep the bad people out, right? So they don't get attacked. Well, that's what we try to do around our hearts. We think, well, okay, that's what I'll do. But when we do that, we keep the bad people out, the, the bad situations out, and we build up these walls. But also at the same time, we're keeping the good things out. We put up this wall, and we have this wall of offense and unforgiveness, and so we don't want to let nobody else in. But God is constantly probably trying to send you good people that brings life-giving relationships and love and happiness and joy, and you can't never get it because you got this wall up and you won't let it down. Especially in relationships. When you get hurt by a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, a husband and wife, and you reel that wall up, you won't let nobody else in. And, and your, your mate may be right in front of you, but you don't know it because of the fact that you've got these walls built up and you've got to let that down. And that's hard. Oh, yeah, and I agree. I know I'm up here saying something that's just not easy. It's easy for me to say, but it's not easy to do. But it's something that we have to do. We have to figure out a way today, and hopefully by the end of this message, and at least by the end of next week, you'll be able to, to, to do that. Um, unforgiveness hold us in bondage so why, why is it so hard to forgive somebody I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes about um, different reasons why we struggle to forgive people why do we struggle why can't we just forgive them why can't we just forgive them well number one is because we don't understand forgiveness okay you know, we got the incorrect definition of it and so instead of, instead of trying to figure out what forgiveness is let's talk for a few minutes about what forgiveness is not because we think forgiveness is these things, but it's really not. So number one, um, forgiveness is not minimizing the offense. When you forgive somebody, you're not saying it didn't matter, it didn't hurt me, it doesn't matter to me, I don't really care. You know, um, 
And that's what we think. We think when I forgive somebody, we, we, we let them off the hook. We, we feel like when we forgive somebody, we're saying it wasn't that big a deal. It does not diminish the, the hurt and the pain that you went through at all. It's still there. It's still just as big. But it's not, it does not minimize that. You, do, you know, we, we choose, we, we're saying when you forgive, you're saying I'm choosing not to hang on to this offense so I can have freedom. Okay? I won't be, I won't be, be bound. And, then, and the second one is forgiveness is not forgetting what happened. You know, a lot of people say just, you know, just, just forget it. You know, what, what do we need to say more than that? Just forgive and forget, right? Listen, let's quit. Let's, again, we're going to put all the, all, the, all the religion aside. The, the, you can't forgive and forget. You can forgive, but you can't forget. And God don't expect you just to forget it because it's part of your memory. What God wants to do is say, I don't mind you remembering it, but whenever you remember it, I don't want the pain to hurt no more. I don't want you to relive, relive that pain. You're going to think about it because you're going to be able to look back and say, I learned from that. Why did I learn from that? What can I learn from that? How, did that make, how can that make me better? But when you, when you think about it, you know, because think about it. If you forgive and forget, well, you're going to walk right back in the fire again, ain't you? So you don't want to forget it. You just don't want the pain to, to, to overwhelm you anymore to where you uh, relive that every time. Because, you know, because when you, when I, when I, anytime I've ever walked in unforgiveness, every time I thought about it, I, really, I relived all the pain. Everything that happened, all the pain, all the pain. You know, my, 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 my divorce and different things in ministry and different things in life. But every time I would think, think about it, I would just, all that pain would come back on me. But then once I forgave, now I can think back and say, yeah, man, that was horrible, man. That was a bad time in my life. And I don't relive the pain, but I can think back about it and learn and remember how God brought me through it. Because I forgave. Okay? So, so he wants to bring healing to our hearts. Okay, and so I, I thought, I said, you know what, instead of forgive or forget, why don't we just try to forgive and move on? And then let God heal our hearts. Okay, number the next one. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. We feel like when we forgive somebody that we're going to reconcile and everything's going to be fine, we're going to be best buds and oh, hallelujah to the Lamb. Okay, well, you, you, but we walk around, we walk around saying, well, I'll forgive them when they apologize. What a tragedy. Because you are giving them the power of your freedom to them. You're saying, man, I want you, I'm not going to forgive you until you, you say I'm sorry. So you're, all your freedom is bound up in their ability to say I'm sorry. And how many people know in your life, everybody, ain't gonna, most, not, not, some, maybe a couple might say I'm sorry. <laughs> I started being and trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. But man, people just, people just don't say I'm sorry. They don't. So we got to understand, I can't, I can't wait till they say I'm sorry. I've got to forgive them even if they're not sorry. Okay? We got to forgive them because we don't want to leave our freedom up to somebody else. Matter of fact, Romans 12, because, it, because unforgiveness does not even mean that you need to reconcile sometimes. Romans 12 and 18 says, if it's possible, if it's possible. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So look here. Live at peace if it's possible. If it ain't, just leave them alone, forgive them, and, and just move on. You ain't got, don't hold on, don't, don't try. Because if you, if you, are, if you are like me and you, you, you kinda, you're kind of blue, the, the blue color for, you know, for, you know, purchases, you care, you nurture, you love, and so you want them to be okay. 
But now that you're okay, you want them to be okay. But sometimes they're just not going to be okay. And you're hurting yourself trying to make sure they are okay. you you got to give them to God and say, hey, God, you, I, you, thank you for helping me to forgive. Now, God, help, help them be able to move on as well. God understands that reconciliation is not always a choice. But I mean, sometimes when you do, it will, bring up, it will just bring up hurt and pain. You know, you, you, may, you, may have done, you may have just got saved today and you want to go back to somebody that you, you, you offended 20 years ago. That ain't going to work because they done moved on. You can bring up all that pain in their life again and create more animosity and more situations. Because reconciliation is a two-way street. It just, just because you want to reconcile, man, I want to make this right. I want to do what's right. That don't mean that they do. And you can't make them. It has to be two-way. It has to be two-way. And so I want to tell you three things real quick that, that if you're going to have reconciliation, here's three things that you can notice from that other person that you can go forward with reconciliation. Number one, repentance. Turning away, going to the opposite direction. Just like when you're saved, you're saying, hey, I'm going to turn away from my sin. Uh, repentance means a, a, a 180. You're, you're turning totally away from the sin, and you're going away. It don't mean you don't sin no more, but it means you have turned your back on sin, and you're living a life with Christ, and you're doing the best you can. You're trying to love and serve God, okay? So, so this person is saying, you know what? Hey, I'm sorry for my, my hurt you, and I'm going to turn my back on what, how I hurt you and try to never do that again. And then the second one is restitution. They, 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 they want to make things right. And you can see in their heart as you're talking to them, they want to make things right. And then the third one is rebuilding trust. They're consistent in the words and actions, not words or actions. Some people run their mouth about what they want, but their actions don't, don't show up that that's what they really want to do. So if they say it, they got to back it up by the word. Okay? And so those three th if you have those three things, reconciliation is possible. But if you don't have those three things, forgive and move on and do what you can. Okay. The second reason why... And a huge reason that it always was with me why I didn't forgive people was because we didn't think it was fair. Why should I forgive them? And I, that was a big thing I said when I was going through a divorce. I said, why should I forgive her? Why should I forgive? Why? Tell me why I should forgive them. Do you understand how bad it hurt? Do you understand what they did? Why? I would always say that. Why? Why? It's not fair. It's not fair for them just to be happy and me not to be. You know? I talk to God about that all the time, about it not being stuff not being fair. You know, God, it's not fair to this right here. And he's like, are you, really? Are we going to go through this again? Really? Are we really going to do this again? How many times have I, have I talked to you about all this stuff? It's just not fair. They get to move on. And, I'm, you know, I'm not, you know. How is that, how is that working? How is that working? You know, we, it seems like it doesn't seem fair. And if, and if I forgive them, then they're off the hook and nothing's going to happen. Well, maybe nothing is going to happen the way that you want it to happen. But see, when you forgive somebody, if, if, if you were able to handle it, what could happen is, what would, one of the things that could happen is that you may punish them more than they deserve because we're human. Or maybe you may not punish them as much as God was going to. You know, so we got to leave that to God and say, God, you, you're just. You, you say vengeance is mine. You, so we're going to give it to you, God, so we can walk in freedom and go on about our life rather than us being the judge and trying to decide about how bad they need to be hurt or, or be, be, be uh, taken care of. The, reason, the reasons that our minds don't, don't th think um, that they deserve it is because of, of logic. It just don't make sense. Look what they did to me. And now I'm just going to forgive them of it? It's just, it's just in our carnality that don't make sense. But in the spirit realm, it makes all the sense. 
because none of us deserve forgiveness, including us. Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. Let's, let's read this real quick. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Okay, this is kind of funny right here because he's like, Lord, how many times I got to forgive somebody? You're talking a lot about how many times? I mean, you know, one, once a year, once a month, you know, so, you know just every once in a while. How often do I got to really do this thing? He, um, against me seven, seven times, he said. And Jesus replied, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of the debtors who, had brought, who owed him millions of dollars, he, could, he couldn't pay. So to the master, he ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me. I will pay it all. Then the master filled with pity on him, and he released him and forgave his debts. And said, okay, the millions of dollars you owe me is no big deal. I forgive you of it. I release you of that. But the man, when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant that only owed him thousands of dollars. Okay? And he grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. The fellow servant fell down on his knees um, and, and begged him for a little more. Please be patient with me. Please, I'll pay it. He pleaded, but the creditor wouldn't wait. He had, he had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they, went, they were very upset, and they went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man that, he, that had, he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have had the same mercy on your fellow, fellow servant just as the mercy I had on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt of millions of dollars. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. We tell this story all the time, but we, don't, we skip this last line. That's what the heavenly father will do to you if you, forgive, if, if you, if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. This is very profound. What instruction has God given us for forgiveness? How many times, he told Peter? 490 times a day. That's one time every three minutes. Basically, he's saying, just keep forgiving. It's, it's not a set time. 400, that's 490. It's, it's four minutes till midnight, so you got one more and I'm going to kill you. No, it, it's just keep the heart of forgiveness. Keep forgiving. Keep forgiving. Keep forgiving. Um, because as sinners, as sinners, we owed a great debt to God that we couldn't pay. And he forgave us of it. So we owed millions of spiritual dollars. And we get mad because somebody talks about us. We get mad because someone does something wrong to us. And we want to hold them accountable. And God's like, well, let's go read this story again. And let's just put me and you in that. I forgave you for all your life of sin that you deserve hell for. But I didn't, I forgave you of it, and now you're going to hold people accountable for the small things in your life? That's just not right. God showed mercy on him, and he forgave him, and the forgiven must forgive. That's the bottom line. Are you forgiven? Well, you can forgive. Okay? Are, are you not forgiven? Are you not a Christian? Well, you, don't, you, can, be, you can hold on forgiveness. 
But why don't you get forgiven so you can have the ability to forgive others and it's going to set you free? So, so the question is, based on that little last scripture, that last little situation, that little last section there where it said, you know, God won't forgive you if you don't forgive others. So <clears throat> here's, here's the million-dollar question. Are you willing to give up the forgiveness that God gave you just to hold on to that little bit of unforgiveness to somebody else? Are you willing to give up that forgiveness of eternity of heaven just so you can say, it's not fair. They deserve hurt. They deserve pain. I'm going to get them back. I'm going to pay them back. Is it worth that? Slap, slap, right? Number three, the next thing, we don't think that we can do it. When I finally got to the point where it was time to forgive, that was my, that was my thought. My God, I just don't think I can. I don't, I don't, I don't think I can. And, you know, and, and that we gotta, you know how we say we need to hear the voice of the Father and understand the voice of the Father? We need to also understand and hear the voice of the enemy and know which one it is. Because that's not God saying you can't. That's the enemy saying you can't because he wants to hold you in bondage. So we need to listen, hear that voice and shut that voice out. And say, no, I can. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. In our human power, no, we don't have the ability to give. This is a spiritual thing. We feel like it's something that we have to do. We have to give. We have to do it ourselves, but we can't. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's what Paul was saying. That God's grace is all we need. And in our weakness and in our inability to forgive, God's grace will help us show mercy. He's saying that it's the power of Christ at work. Forgive, forgiveness does not turn us into doormats. Forgiveness does not mean that they could just do it again. No, no, you can stop it this time and say, no, that's not going to happen again. Okay, you did it to me once. That's, you got all your glory. That was it. It's over. You, you're not, it doesn't mean that we have to be weak and, and, and anemic and just let people just walk all over us because we're going to forgive them every time. Come, we can say, no, stop. No, that's not going to happen again. We can be victorious. We can be bold in Christ. Because forgiveness is a choice. It's not a feeling. The reason, the reason Christians today do not forgive because they're waiting on the feeling that I can forgive now. It's not a feeling. You, you, if you're waiting for the feeling of forgiveness to come, you're probably going to wait a long time. It's just not going to happen. It's a choice. God, you said I had to forgive or, or I wouldn't be forgiven. You said to love others as myself. You said to forgive them, so I choose to forgive them. You make that choice. And then after you make that choice, the more, you know, I, all I times say, you make the right choices, the emotions will follow. Same way with God. You, you make the right choice. God, I choose to forgive them. I don't feel forgiveness right now. I still hate them, matter of fact, in my mind. But I choose to forgive them, Lord. So you're on a struggle bus for a little while, right? You're still trying. You're just trying. Yeah, I hate them, but I, I forgive them, Lord. And God's like, come on, come on. But you keep saying it. You keep talking about it. You keep giving it to God. God, I give them to you. I, I forgive them. I forgive them. And that, those, those choices... The Holy Spirit's going to allow the right emotions to come with that so you can walk in forgiveness. It's not always going to happen the first time you do it. When you first say, God, I choose to forgive them, all that, all that mind, all that dirt, and all that anguish is just not just going to disappear all the time. It does sometimes. But I promise you, something's going to happen. The first time you say, God, from my heart, I honestly choose to forgive, something spiritually shifts in your spirit. You may have a struggle doing it, but you keep saying it, keep meaning it, and God will do it. 
We're gonna ha- you're going to have to do it daily. You're going to have to do it three times a day, like, like prescription medicine. Maybe, maybe you got to do it every three minutes. But do it. Keep doing it. If we dare to believe God and, 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 and choose first to forgive rather than reacting, we won't have to go through this. When offenses, when offenses come, if, when it first comes, if we, don't, if we can go ahead and stop it when an offense comes, go ahead and realize, you know what, this is not worth getting mad over. This is not worth my freedom. I'm not going to allow this to bother me. Then we don't have to go through all this other junk. We don't have to get the bitterness and the anger and, and, and allow all this stuff to happen. We can, we can say, you know what, hey, God, I see this as a trap, and I'm not going to deal with it, so therefore I'm just going to let that lay, and I'm, I'm going to forgive them right now. I'm not even going to get involved in that. I don't want to go down that track. So we can go ahead, and, and while the trap is set, let's just go ahead and not fall into it. Choices lead, and feelings and emotions follow. Forgiven people forgive people. Hurt people hurt people. Healed people, heal people, and forgiven people, forgive people. We forgive others in, in, in the response of the great forgiveness given to us. Isaiah 1, 18 and 19 talks about our sins were scarlet, Jesus made them white as snow, and our sins were crimson, but now they're white as wool. But at the end of that scripture, if you look here at the bottom, it says, but if, it says, if you obey me, there's a, there's a caveat right there. If you obey me, we've got to obey God for this to take place. We've got to obey God. Forgive, forgiveness is not a suggestion. Forgiveness is not a suggestion. It's not something what you know what, you really probably should forgive. God's not saying, I really, I really wish you would. No, God's saying, I'm not going to forgive you if you don't forgive others. But that sounds mean of God. No, it's not. He's saying, look here, I've forgiven you for everything. And if you truly, after I've forgiven you from er- of everything, and you've accepted my love, and you still can't forgive and love others, then you haven't, you haven't, you're not really, you ain't really got it. You really don't understand about salvation still. Because once you really understand how much you've been forgiven and how you don't deserve it, then what's fair is, you know what? Well, it's not fair for me not to forgive them because I've been forgiven for so much. I've done people wrong. I've treated people bad, and now I've got to forgive them because it's the right thing to do. God commands it. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of behavior, evil behavior. Instead, instead of all that stuff, be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So that whole scripture there is really about forgiveness. It's saying don't be angry. What, what, does, what does unforgiveness bring? Bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words. You talk about people. You, you slander people. You know, they, they put you down. They make you angry. All that's about that. It says so don't, be, don't, don't forgive people. I mean, don't, don't have unforgiveness. Don't, don't do that. Instead, be tenderhearted. Be kind. Forgiven to one another as Christ has forgiven you. See, we're all, we're all sinners. Uh, uh, we were all sinners, and Christ died for us so we could be, be free. And it's, impo- and it's impossible for you to truly forgive someone until you've been forgiven and through Christ. And see, it's not that God for, for, forgets our sin, but rather he chooses. Let me read this right. He chooses to, um, to remember the sin no more and never mention our sin again. It's not that he, he forgets it. 
Because he's God. He can remember what he wants to. But he's like, you know what? I choose not to think about that. I choose not to put that on the table. I choose not to bring that up against you again. Because God desperately wants to be in a relationship with us. Isaiah 43 and 5. Yes, I alone will blot out your sins. And for my sake, I will never think about them again. In other words, for my sake, because, because I just want to love you. And I don't want nothing to come back up. I don't want to think about all your bad things you've done. I don't want it to come up. And, you know, I want, I want to just think about good things. I want to have good thoughts. I want to think about how much I love you. And I don't want nothing negative to come up. So I, want, I choose not to. For my own sake, I choose not to. And we need to do the same thing too. Because you know what? When we have best friends, they hurt us. But we choose not to think about that. That's why we're still best friends. Right? So we need to, need to do that. Let me talk just a little bit more here and we'll be, we'll be done. The, the, I want to talk about the trap, that trap, like I talked about a while ago. Before we, if we can go ahead and take care of it before we get through the trap or at the trap, we won't have to walk through this, this process. Offense is something that is in violation of something that we think is right and fair. And, and in the Greek, in the Greek, the word offense means, means to bait or scandalon. Um, S-C-A-N-D-A-L-O-N, scandalon. It means to bait. What they would do in the Old Testament was, was they would put a bunch of, uh, and people still do it today in, their, in different parts, but they have a whole bunch of uh, branches and leaves and stuff, and they would put them, dig a hole and put the branches and leaves over that, and then they would put some flesh or meat there on top of it so when the animal would come in to get the meat, it would break they would fall into the hole and they would be trapped. So stand on, so your fence. So that's what the enemy's trying to do. He's trying to trap you. He's trying to get the bait to you of a fence so you can walk out on, on this little hole and that he can trap you and fall you in and, and bring you into bondage. Satan uses that. Matter of fact, there's a book called um, uh, The Bait of Satan by John Brevere, and it's, it's a pretty severe book. It's pretty hardcore. Um, and so I want to talk to you really quickly about five quick uh, common traps that the enemy has for us that he, that he tries to, to get us with. Number one, a trap of the enemy that's trying to get you into offense is betrayal. When a best friend has lied to you, a spouse has not been um, um, you know, committed or, or faithful to you, or a confidant who's broken trust, when someone betrays you, that's the very first trap the enemy's trying to get you to break them branches to fall into unforgiveness and be trapped by him. The second one is falsely accused, misunderstood. You've been falsely accused. You've been misunderstood. You've been talked about or slandered. And then number three, rejected. You've been rejected by a spouse, by a friend, by an authority. Maybe you've been rejected by a church. All that stuff is a trap, a trap, abused. Maybe you've been abused emotionally, physically, verbally, or sexually, and that will certainly cause you, that's a trap, that, a, a vicious trap, a, a horrible trap that will cause you to try to hold unforgiveness. And even though we understand why some people have unforgiveness sort of situations, because they're so bad, but that does not negate the, re, the fact that they still need to forgive. And number four, when you're humiliated, when you, you, you had an embarrass, somebody totally embarrassed you or you're ashamed or disgraced about something. So those things are traps. But you know what? Jesus Christ went through every one of them traps. Betrayed. He was, but keep that on that same, that same one there. He was betrayed by Judas, one of his trusted disciples. He was falsely accused in courts, accusing him of all kinds of crimes that he did not commit. He was rejected by Peter, one of his closest companions. 
He was abused, beaten, tortured, and cursed, and crucified on the cross. And he was humiliated and crucified at the very, very beginning of time. They say that they didn't even have any clothes on him. So he was humiliated and disgraced in a public setting. Hebrews 2, 17 and 18 tells us why he had to suffer. That's why he had to enter into every detail of human life. Then, he, when he came before God as high priest to get rid of the people's sins, he would have already experienced all himself, all the pain, all the testing, and he would be able to help wherever was needed. See, it was important for Jesus to be able to deal with this stuff so he could understand. But he was God. But listen, you've you got to understand, yes, he was fully God, but he never used that side of his ability. Because the Bible, he was on a cross, and he said, I could have called 10,000 angels. But he didn't, because he had to go through the human thing. Anytime you saw him do miracles, signs, and wonders, whatever it was, that was all God through him. That was not Jesus using his own spiritual powers. Why would that be? Because if he did that, we would never want to do him or think we could do him, because we would say, hey, well, that was Jesus. He was God. I'm not, so therefore we can't do it. But since he lived on earth as a human, with the ability to be God, and he still was God, but he, never, he didn't use that, then, then we know that him as a human went to God, and God gave, because it talks often about how he went away whenever his, his friends died and his cousin and John the Baptist, all them, how he went away and prayed to God for peace and all that, what, because he, he, that's what we have to do sometimes. And so, so we have to know that he's been through it all like we have as a human. He had the ability to use his side, but he didn't. He said, you know what? i got to stay human on this side and deal with this right here so I can take it in. So whenever so-and-so gets upset, I can say, I understand. I understand. Jesus asked, Jesus, matter of fact, Jesus asked the Father to forgive the ones who cursed him, who, nailed, who put nails in his hands and all that. He, he said, look, forgive them for they know we're not what they're doing. Now, they knew what they were doing. They were murdering an innocent man. But Christ chose to, to say, you know what? That's hate. That's a trap of the enemy trying to get them in bondage. So they don't even know what they're doing. They don't realize the enemy's trying to trap them and cause them into this thing. So, Lord, forgive them because they don't even realize what's happening. He was talking about from the spiritual level. He knew physically they knew what they were doing. But from the spiritual side, they were saying, you know what? Hey, God, this is a trap of the enemy trying to send them to hell, and I'm dying so they won't have to. So, so forgive them for, for their lack of ignorance or their ignorance of not understanding that this is a trick of the enemy. So I'm, gonna talk, I'm just going to tell you just a couple of things. No, I'm not. I'm done. I'm, this is going to be part two next week. Part two next week is we're going to talk about living an undefended life, and then then a real hard one. Okay, you forgave others, but next week we're going to talk about forgiving yourself. So that's going to be real hard. Sometimes, once you, get, once you get past forgiving others, you're free from all that bondage. But then we walk around, we don't forgive ourselves, and we, we walk around in another type of bondage. Okay? So we're going to talk about it. If you, if you could come down, please. I'm sorry, I should have called you a few minutes earlier. I'm just, I got so much into it. But I don't want to take any more of your time. I want you to understand today that, that forgiveness is, is a commandment. It's something that we have to do to walk in freedom. And when you don't walk in forgiveness, and look, and again, I gave you those things. 
It doesn't make it right. It doesn't mean you weren't hurt. It doesn't want, does not mean that you weren't violated. It does not mean that it wasn't horrific. But it means for you to be free, don't give them that power. Take that power back from them and say, I forgive you. And, and make a choice to forgive and walk in that forgiveness. Maybe you're online today and, and, and you can forgive where you're at right now. Is there anybody in here at all today that would come up here and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with forgiveness. And, and you, you can cut the feeds right now because I don't want to protect people's privacy. If you need prayer, let us know. But if you would come up here and say, I'm struggling with unforgiveness in situations, and I, I, need, the, I need prayer.